this is a, a new series that we'll be looking at in the next few weeks called um, a, new, a New Nineveh Series. A New Nineveh Series. I've preached through this a time or two in 28 years. There's about... There's only a few things that I haven't preached on in the Scripture being in a place as long as, as I've been. And uh, so, uh, but I'll, I'll promise you it's new. It, it is new. Um, I want us to look at this. There was a story, uh, and that's your cue to laugh at the end of the line here, at the end of the punchline. There's a story of two guys that got on one of these tandem bicycles. And <clears throat> they were... They were pedaling uphill, and it was it just got really difficult for both of those guys going up this hill. And finally, the, the they finally made it to the top. And the guy in the front seat said, "Man, he said that was the hardest pedaling I think that I've ever done." He said, and the guy behind him said, "Yeah," and he said, "You know what? If I hadn't had my foot on the brake, we would have went backwards." <laughs> So, so, yeah, do you feel like life's like that sometimes? I mean, I do. I really do. I feel like, man, that's life, man. I, you know, I'm the guy in the front, and I'm pedaling and pedaling, and somebody's holding the brakes. And uh, it's easy to feel that way, isn't it? It really is. It's easy to, easy to feel that way. Um, this is a story you know it. I, you know, when I say Jonah and, and the big fish, the story of Jonah, we know it as Jonah and the whale or the big fish. I, I mean, most of us are like, yeah, I know that story. It's a children's story. And yeah, yeah, I know that. And it, it's real, it will be real tempting. It will be very, very tempting for you to say, yeah, I think I'll just go ahead and text through the service. I know where this thing ends. And that is going to be your temptation. But... I want you just to track with it through here as we go through this, this story of this prophet who was on the run. And how did he get there? And, and, and one of the things that I look at is, is where is God in this? And, and, and we see God all in it. You know, a relentless love, as we sang this morning. Uh, a relentless love. It's, it's a, a restless, it's overwhelming and and we look at this, uh, you know, you, you, want the, you want there to be a, a good ending to, to this story. I love, uh, you know, having a three-year-old uh, as a granddad now, and I, he, he's beginning to like superheroes. Yeah. And it's, it's so much fun because I get to go back and be five again. <laughs> and... You know, and I, you know, my brother. When I was, bro- I always had an older brother, and I remember the first year they came out with the Batman costumes. Batman, you had Batman and Robin. Now, some of you don't even know who I'm talking about, but they had Batman. How many of you? How many of you young people here under twenty know what I'm talking about? Batman and Robin. Okay, so totally. Any, I mean, hold your hand up. Let me see. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. You know, you okay. So, I mean, and it was cool. I mean, I, there was the big Batman, and this was a plastic mask. had the pointed ears. It was cool, so cool. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I get to be Batman. And, you know, the, the theme song was going through my mind, like, da 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 You know, you know, and then Batman. And, but, I mean, Batman would save the day, you know. He would come, and 
I, I, so we, we unpacked it, I think, one Christmas. My brother sat back there in the sound booth, and I said, man, it's so cool. Can I be Batman? He's like, no, I'm Batman. <laughs> so I get to be Boy Wonder, Robin. And, yeah. So I graciously played second. And uh, so guess now. Here's how life turns around. So now, three-year-old, what do you want to play? Batman. I said, great. I am ready. Who do you want Papa to be? Papa can be Batman. He said, no, I'm Batman. <laughs> right? I can't rob the three-year-old the joy of being Batman. I, uh, so I am, I am stuck being Robin, you know, for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, the story of these superheroes, and, and we like them because they come in and they save the day, don't they? They, they come in and, and they, they, they're a hero. They're, there's a Savior who, who comes in, and it, it's a positive ending, and, and it's, it's like makes us smile. It's like, yeah, this is the way it ought to be. You know, the, the, evil, the, the evil person that is, that is wanting to do, you know, do damage or to bring demise or whatever to Gotham City, you know, Batman comes to the rescue, and he and Robin save it, and they always get in this fix, and you think that they're going under, and then they would, it would be the cliffhanger for the next episode. And, um, but there, there's, there's a, a great storyline. Well, God called not a superhero, he called a prophet. And I look at this, and I'm thinking, man, this is so much like me at times. Because one of the things, here's how the story begins. The story begins like this. It begins with the Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Get up and go. Okay. To the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it. Because I have seen how wicked its people are. Jonah was a prophet. He was a prophet. So he, he would have been one that would have been given the, the task or to, give, to be given a message to give to people that God was giving to them. Now his name means dove. He was the son of Amittai. That means the son of truth. And, and that was a part of a prophetic role. A prophet's role was to... They did, prophets in the Old Testament did two things. They would foretell future events, and they would foretell. They would tell and speak the truth. And the message that God had for, for, um, for Jonah to give was, was, wasn't really popular. It wasn't a popular message. Um, but that wasn't the real reason that Jonah didn't go or didn't want to go. We'll look at that in just a second. He, he gives him this message, and, he said, and, and basically, you're to tell them, Jonah, that judgment is really coming. I see their wickedness, that I'm not oblivious to it, that I'm not oblivious to the evil that's going on in the city and the, the violence, the, the wickedness, the heartache, the hurt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you could just name it. You could fill it in with any city 
uh, in that day uh, with this day. And, and, and you know, you know the, the crime, the violence, the et cetera. You, you know, you got all the statistics and, and, and know that, that uh, the, the wrong doesn't win out in the end. And I want you to go to announce judgment. Now, the problem, the problem with Jonah was not the message so much. Was or the you know I have the problem with the get up and going. I don't know about you. I like things comfortable. I like the remote in my hand, the tea by my side, and a pillow around me. And I, you ever get in that good sweet spot in your recliner? You know what I'm talking about. And then somebody comes in and says, "Hey, would you mind?" One of the kids may come in. They say, "Hey, would you mind, Mom, to go and and, and get me uh, get me something to drink?" Or, and you know, what does moms do usually? Well, some of you uh, would say, "Well, you get up and get it yourself." Yeah, but that's more like of what a man would say. Um, but a lot of times, mom will just get up and do it. Um, but you know, you get that sweet spot, so you get comfortable. It's so it's so easy for us to get comfortable in life that we just don't we don't really get serious about the getting up and going part, do we? I'm just talking, and I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, the, you know, I like things comfortable. I like things comfortable. But but here's here's the deal. More than more often in my own life, the times that I've really found myself growing in the Lord and growing in my faith and growing in my gifts and growing in my calling, I have not been comfortable. I mean, I can take you to time after time after time. God's allowed me in situations and put me in situations. And, and I'm thinking, and I've got to minister there. And man, I, you know, let, you know I, I'm not even sure they're here. And, and, you know, there's been times in my life that God has put me in awkward, uncomfortable, difficult situations and the preacher shows up and people don't sometimes don't want to see a preacher, right? And you're there. And, and, and you're there and you're there not for yourself, you're there because you know that God's called you. It is those times in our life when, when we're out of our comfort zones that I think God can really use us to the maximum because you really depend on not your training, you don't depend on your, your intuition, you don't depend on anything. You just learn to depend on God and say, okay, God, if you don't, if you don't use me and if you don't come to my aid, then I don't know that I've got a word to say. Have you been in any situations that you were just totally speechless? Have you? Been conversations that you've been in? I don't know what to say. You know, it's not like that they give you a, a, a magic book that you open it up and you say, or, you know, that, that well, we say we've got the Bible, but, but you know, sometimes the Scripture just kind of like, okay, I don't know what to say, and I, I've studied this book from cover to cover. And, you know, it's just that there's times that our own limitations are very, very prevalent. So we get up and go, go to Nineveh. Now there's the problem. Now, we don't have a privilege of knowing what was going on in Jonah's mind at this time. Matter of fact, we get, it all begins here, though. It begins right here in this verse. And all of a sudden, like a good story, it, it, it shows the conflict immediately. I mean, in verse, by the time we get to verse 2, it was like God said, Go to Nineveh, announce judgment against it. I've seen the wicked and, and, its, and its people. 
He says, I want you to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh, what, what do we know about Nineveh? Well, Nineveh was a large, large city. They say it would take about three days to walk around Nineveh. It was a very, very large city. It was a very big city. I mean, there was a lot of amenities in, in, in Nineveh. If you, go ahead and go to the next one. If you'd want to uh, look at, at Nineveh, um, it, it, was, it was a capital city of, of, of Assyria, of a neo-Assyrian uh, kind of empire during that time. It was a capital city. And it was, it was very impressive to go there. I mean, it had all the amenities of any kind of city life that, um, that you'd want to go to. I mean, they had running water from aqueduct systems. Um, there was libraries. There was nightlife, quote, unquote. You know, what we would understand it. Uh, there, was, there, was, uh, there was all the things that you'd want to get caught up in in a city. It was wicked. It was a wicked, wicked city because the inhabitants of Nineveh were very, very wicked people. And the Hebrews knew this, and they knew that, that they were cruel, and they were. They were, were. they were cruel in their military might. They were cruel in how they handled their prisoners. They were cruel to people. They didn't have a whole lot of human rights in Nineveh. Quite frankly, it was the last place that, that Jonah would have wanted to go because he didn't really like the Ninevites. So he was probably all in with the idea of God announcing judgment. Yeah, just go ahead and don't announce it. Just go ahead and bring it on them because they deserve it. I mean, that would have been, that would have been his mindset. It was like, yeah, man, if they, if, you know, any kind of judgment that you want to bring them, they really deserve it. But the problem with Jonah was not that he did not know the voice of God. He knew it very well. And there's a real danger for us who know the Bible to know the truth, that are very familiar with it. That, yeah, it's kind of resting on our nightstand and we open it up and we hear, or you hear this and you say, there's a real, real danger for you to know the truth about the nature of God. And, and that's what he did. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. You see, Jonah knew this about God. He knew this about God. He knew the reality of, of this about God. He says, Yahweh the Lord. In Exodus, he knew this from Moses' writing. Yahweh is the Hebrew name, Jehovah, the name for God. God the Lord, the sovereign one. He's the mighty one. He is the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations I will forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I, will not, I do not excuse the guilty. In other words, he said, there's a penalty for the sin, but the reality is, is that the nature of God is loving and forgiveness. And Jonah just had a sneaking suspicion in his mind and in his heart that if he set away to do what God told him to do, 
and that is to go to Nineveh, that a place he didn't want to go, that they would certainly hear him, and they would repent, and God would have mercy on them, and they don't deserve it. That's the story. So, the problem with Jonah is Jonah knew the nature of God. And you and I sit back and we'll sit back and say, well, thank the Lord that, he is, that he's um, the God of mercy and compassion. How about that? That he is slow to anger and be filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. And he not only does that, but he lavishes it. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give us what we deserve? Man, Really? Yeah, if you think you're pretty good, oh, gosh. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I've been there. I'm, I'm telling you, it, the height of spiritual pride, will you, you will live a life self-deceived if you can't see your own sin. Seriously. And it's sad. I'm sad for people that can't see their sin. People that feel justified in, in their actions and what they do and without seeing the reality of their own need for Christ it is very, very sad. And, and we can, and it, it, you know, from that becomes great attitudes. Well, I'm better than this, and, and that's the way the world lives. But I want, here's the problem with Jonah. Again, Jonah knew God. He knew that the Lord would be compassionate and merciful to the Ninevites whom he really didn't like. So it's like, okay, God, they, need the, they don't need the message of the gospel. They just need judgment. I'm all in on that one. They need judgment, you know. But God's, he knew the nature of God. So what does he do? Now, here's where the conflict begins in, in, in verse 2. And you begin to see it here um, in verse 2. But Jonah, <laughs> look at this. Jonah gets up and goes the opposite direction. There's the conflict in the story. Every story has a good conflict. Here it is. Jonah gets up and he says, uh-uh, not me. He emotionally did not love them and his will was activated not to go there. You got the wrong prophet for this job. You know, you know I guess... I don't know what happened to prophets back then. I guess they had to go back into remedial prophecy. You know, you know, if you failed 101, you had to go back to, <laughs> you know. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You didn't have remedial English like I did. Um, you, you, you go back to the remedial and you learn lessons and he's like, no. I want you to know this is much a story of character development as it is the heart of God to reach a city and to reach people. Because the big idea of this message is this. The big idea in, in, in the storyline is this. Now, I want you to get this. So go ahead and put this up. Is, <clears throat> is that um, God has a heart for all people. He does. Now, he's not, we, you know, we can't win everybody. You know, you, you just can't. But, but somebody can be reached with the gospel. He will... Lavish unfailing love in forgiving iniquity and rebellion and sin. Thank God. See, I'd like to tell you that my story, even as a Christian, has not been one that has gone on the run sometimes. And I can tell you that that's not the case. I went through two years of college knowing that God had a calling on my life 
they, and I was in my mind, the conversation with God was, yeah, that, I, Lord, you know I don't have a whole lot of Bible under my belt right now. And anyhow, I've got plans to be an, an accountant. You know, I, I, I've, got, I've got those plans. And, and, and so, I, you know, I thought I was reasoning with God. And I thought, I thought my request of God were reasonable. And I, I knew at 18 when I, graduated, when I graduated high school that God was calling me. I knew that. I didn't hear voices. I didn't have sirens. I didn't hear, you know, I didn't have angels come down and, you know, go, whoo, that kind of thing. I just knew. <laughs> it wasn't anything weird. You know, it was just, I knew in my heart that God was calling me. And I was giving God excuses. You know, I was giving God reasons why I couldn't do what God was calling me to do. But I knew at 18, I went two years into my second year of college, and I realized that I was in disobedience with God. That partial obedience to God. Now, here's, here was my reasoning. I was like, Lord, I'm serving you. I mean, I am going around here, and I'm singing about you. Isn't that enough? I mean, I'm doing better than most of these kids that I went to school with, and you know that. But, but isn't it enough? Well, he's, he's like, well, Greg, I'm, I've got a calling in your life. And, and God just lets your, he just turns the joy down, that's all. If you want to live in disobedience, you, you get a good case of being miserable as a Christian. One of the worst places you can be as a believer is being a believer living in rebellion and in disobedience. Horrible. It's horrible. I mean, it's like, you know, all of a sudden, the thing that I was doing, I wasn't finding even great joy in that. Why? Because there was an area that was unchecked in my own life that said, hey, you need to check this area out of here of obedience. And when you get that one straight, then all these other things in relationship begin to fall in place. So, God has a heart for all people. He will lavish His un unfailing love in forgiving iniquity and rebellion and sin. Thank God that He does. And thank God that He's merciful to us even as believers. As believers. So, we, we look here. Here's, here's the first step that I want you to look at. The first, the first how, did, how did Jonah get in this thing? And you know, I, I read down at the end, and we know the end of the story, and we kind of laugh, but I want you to look down at the end of the story. And I just take a big, deep breath. I mean, he didn't see this one coming. What if he had known verse 17? I mean, really, think about this. What if Jonah had have known verse 17? Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. I wonder how he would have, I wonder how it would be in verse 1 or in verse 2, but Jonah got up and went the opposite direction. A reluctant heart for God is the first step in a rebellion away from God. And it's a reluctant heart for God. It's like, okay, God, you can have, you know, you can have this, I will partially obey you, but I, I'm, I'm not sure about this full, whole, full throttle for thing for you. So, so we get it here. John, Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. Now, <laughs> and God says, okay, you can do that. You can go the opposite direction. You can run from me far, far away. 
you can run. I just got a great fish for you. Don't you know I own the depths of the sea? I own the depths of the sea. So, the Bible says that God arranged. I, I could imagine God went down to the whale community and said, Hey, there's going to be this Hebrew guy. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, he's going to be thrown overboard. And I know it's calm down here, but it's going to be turbulent up there. Um, I don't know that God does that. I don't know that he has counsel with whales. But, but it helps the story. And he, God arranged the great fish to swallow him up. Some of you are thinking, man, that's me, man. I have been swallowed up. I don't know if you've ever felt that. Have you ever felt that? You ever felt like you've been swallowed up? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's things not of, even of your own making. Sometimes it's things of others' making that you find yourself swallowed up. But notice here, a reluctant heart for God is the first step in rebellion away from God. You see, Jonah, you know, we ought to say Jonah should have known that. I mean, if anybody, this preacher, this prophet should have known this. He should have known better. He should, have, he, should have known, he should have known more of the character of God, even for himself, and that if God told him to do that, that God was going to be with him. He ought to have known that. And, and notice here, a heart for God is a heart, a reluctant heart for God is the first step in rebellion away from God. You see, most issues that we deal with have an underlying spiritual root. Think of that. There's an underlying spiritual issue. We see them as problems in our culture today, and we throw money at them to fix them. People fix their budgets to kind of fix the problems and to fix our, you know, to fix the, these issues or whatever the issue is. But at there, there is another level that money and a budget can't fix, and that's a hard issue. And, and Jonah, Jonah, Jonah had, had a, and what we see here is Jonah had a deep-seated heart issue. As it comes to the nature of God, as it comes for his love or his lack of love for other people. And so Jonah just gets up and he goes the opposite direction. Now, can you say with me, mistake? Mistake, right? I mean, it is. But, <laughs> How many times have you got up and gone the wrong direction? Huh? Come on. You've got to be honest. How many times you said, God told you not, you know, God told you not to, other people told you not to, or some people said yes, and, and, and you know the deep down in the heart of your heart that you were, you know, you were stepping in the wrong direction direction the friend said oh yeah everybody's doing it nah nah it's not a big deal you know and you get there and you get caught up in it and all of a sudden things got really bad and things got really worse and 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 all of a sudden all of a sudden you are locked you are just you are locked in this thing and you said you look back and you say how in the world did i get there huh i mean that's real life stuff right that's real life stuff. You say, well, it was only just one, it was only just one time. It was, it was just only, you know, only one time. 
and, and you rationalized it all out, why, it th- why you thought it was right, and why you thought you, you could do it, and why you thought you could get by with it, and why you thought that everybody else is doing it, and it's not that big of a deal, and it, we, just make it, we just make things big that, that shouldn't be big. And, and, all, and you kind of had it all worked out in your mind that you had talked yourself into something that you know in the heart of your hearts was absolutely wrong. Welcome to the world of self-deception. When you find yourself in a place of justifying, now listen to me very carefully, when you have to justify the conversation in your mind as to why you need to do something that is questionable, it ought to be a red flag that throws up. I mean, there ought to be somebody screaming in your mind, No, 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 see the red flag, see the, 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 the dash light, the red light's rolling off, and it's rolling off, back, 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 back. You know, the beeper, the beeper's going off inside of us in the conscience. You got it? That's why we need the Scripture. That's why we need His Word. So... A reluctant heart for God is the first step in rebellion away from God. This is simple. Well, we don't get an insight into what's going on in, in, in Jonah's heart, but we kind of get it by the time we get there because we'll find that God uses this reluctant prophet even despite himself. So the second thing is this. Now, I want you to look at the second one. Here, here is the road to rebellion, okay? It, first of all, is a projection. It is a projection of our own sinful of the own sinful nature lurking within us. The projection goes like this. The projection says, Hey, I've got this. I'm my own man. I'm, I'm my own person. I can do this. I deserve this. It's it, and it's it's founded in pride. It is a projection of the sinful nature of pride. And then it goes usually in a rejection of the word of God or the truth of God. That, here's the progression that it leads to. And then it goes opposition to the authority of God. Well, I just don't need God in this one. And it goes to the last one. It, it's an invitation for chaos in your life. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the downhill, the downward slide of, of rebellion. It, it starts out with a projection of our own sinful nature and the sinful nature lurking within us. And we say, yeah, I can handle this. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Mom and Dad don't know, and it's, it's good. And, you know, I deserve this. All my friends, I, you know, I get acceptance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we find ourselves compromising the truth of the Word of God and eventually rejecting it. And then we go into opposition with the authority of God in our life. It was a matter of fact, if you look at this, this was a slide into the first sin, the original sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. And, and, and it goes into an invitation of, you're saying this, you're saying, okay, God, I want to be God. I want to, I'm my own person. I want to have the authority over my life. And God said, okay, you can have it. The problem is, is that you don't get the peace of the order that comes from being under my authority. You know, God will let you go do your own thing. He will. He'll let you do he'll let you he'll let you live your own life, your own way, do your do your own deal, and, and you can do it and things may seem okay for a while. But eventually it is an invitation to chaos and destruction in your own life. That's where it leads. 
And you say, well, it was just real. I mean, it was just, I just wanted to, yeah, I know. There's story after story. Not only in the Bible, but in human history. And there's story after story, even folks here. So the, that's, that's where rebellion goes. So the second thing that we see is this. Here's what it does. Rebellion with God looks like a full run from God. So by the time you get to, to verse 3, I want you to look at this. Look at the verses. Look what they say. To get away from the Lord. He was doing this the opposite direction. He's like, no, i got to get away from God. I don't know. There has, been, there has been a time or two in my life that I wanted to get away from God. I don't know about you, but there has been. And I thought I was getting away from God. Um, and God has a way of running you down. So he, he goes down to the port of Joppa where he finds a ship leaving for Tarshish. And he bought a ticket and he went on board. I mean, here's mind, emotion, will. I'm going, I'm going to get a ticket. I'm going to get out of here. And I'm going to escape from the Lord. Here's two things. I want to get away from God and I want to escape the Lord. What we see here is this. We see... We see his direction was the opposite direction from God. If something is leading you away from God, more than likely, it's not from God. <laughs> Do you think, Greg? More than likely? Yeah, it's not from God. If it's leading you away from a heart that is full throttle for God, can you say that it is leading you to him? So we see, we see the direction was the opposite direction. He was going the wrong way. I mean, he, was, he, he had taken the fast lane exit in the six-lane highway, the broad road to, to destruction. He was on it, man. And here's a prophet who had a message, and he's like, I don't want it. I don't want to give it. I don't want to be the one. And he was getting away from the Lord. He thought look at the next one here his motivation notice his direction was opposite from God his motivation was to get away from the Lord check your motives check your motive because the motive is there is always the reason why and then there's the real reason why the real reason why is the motivation and I don't know what his aspiration was but he didn't think it was going to be end up with him being thrown off a boat and ended up in the ocean and being swallowed by a fish. I don't think that was in Jonah's plans. It was not in his plan. So n notice here, he goes on this full run. And you know what? Full running, I've been running and not running. Not running physically, but running. I need to run more physically. You know? You know, if we would run less for, run less. Um, from God and run more physically, we'd probably be better off, right, physically and spiritually. But notice here, his aspiration, what was his aspiration? To get away from God. That was his whole goal. And how foolish, you think. How, I mean, what was he thinking? What, what was he thinking about? That you're going to run, and it goes on a full run, man. You know, the times that I find myself running from God, I get this kind of like, this little thing in my own physical. It's like, <gasps> i got to catch my breath. And, and, and that, that, that to me, I was, that was, that's an indicator. You know, if I have to, you know, i got to think twice about this. And, and, and it may be an indicator that you're running. 
What's your motive? What's the direction? Is it to God or is it from Him? And what's your aspiration in it? I've got to get away. I've got to get away from mom and dad. I've got to get away from the home. I've got to get away. And, and i just got to get away. I've got to run. I've got to run. Well, what, ha- what would happen if, if you ran not away but ran to God? What, what could happen in your life? If you took the pain, the anxieties, the depression, the, um, the heartaches, the, the suffering, the, the bad relationships, you, you begin it and you say, okay, God, I've got to bring this to you and I want you to, to work in my heart. Because I want, I want a heart that is full throttle for you. What, what could happen if, if we turn the pain and not blame God for it, but actually take it to Him? I think Jesus would show you something. He would probably show you the nail prints in His hands. And He'd say, look here. You know what they, you know, Lord, you don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they did to me. You, you know, yeah, he says, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I understand. You see, a, a full run away from God is, is the way of rebellion. And you see, rebellion with God looks a lot like a full run from God. It just does. But running from God in verses 16 through 4 through 16 is futile. Now, here's the story. Jonah's in his boat, and I think he's hiding. Now, he knew. I mean, it's hard at Edgerville. I mean, he could have been asleep, but I doubt it. When, you're, when you are this restless and running, it's doubtful that he was sleeping well. It just is. Because there was a deep-seated spiritual issue. And, and these guys were about... God was going to use these people that didn't even know the Hebrew God. He was going to use them. So God, you know, there, there I hear this big storm comes along. And Jonah is down in the belly of this boat. And they can't row their way out of this. These guys up here on the boat and the stern, they can't row their way out of this. They can't fix it. They're in a fix. They're in a pickle. Could it be that God was trying to fix them with a fix that they were in? Could be. It could be that, that, that uh, there's a lot of paradoxes in this, in this whole story, but could, they were going to see the awesome power of this God, this Yahweh, this God, the Jehovah of the Hebrews. But they couldn't fix it. You know, God will, will allow you to be in circumstances and situations that your best ingenuity cannot fix. And what do you do when you get in those fixes? Where do you run to? See, the harder work of others cannot fix the deep-rooted spiritual issues in somebody else. Some of you have got children. And you're saying, I just wish they could see this. I just wish my child could see what God wants to do in their life. I wish they could turn their hearts to God. And you pray and you work and you, you try to manipulate and you try to, to steer them and you, 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 you send them my messages. I want them to hear this one, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and you trying to fix their spiritual issues that you cannot fix yourself. You see, there are some issues that, that are individual that, that come with this person and with God. 
And God knows how to get to the heart of the heart issues. Jonah comes up with full confession. Yeah, it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm running from God. You're what? They were pagan and they knew better. You're doing what? Running from God. Well, here's the problem. You know, they knew it. <laughs> you know? was like, okay, cast me over. Ah. But God prepared a big fish, right? Yeah, running from God is futile. It's a futile race against God. Here's why we're not convinced. We know He loves us. We sing about it. We know that. We just don't understand the depth of it. You know, God hadn't left this prophet the whole time. And he certainly wasn't outrunning God. So running from God is, is a futile race against God. So I, I, I just, humble yourself, the scripture says. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in, in, in due time. If you're here this morning and you're saying, man, I'm in a fix, I'm, I'm in a fix. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. In other words, you bring yourself under the, aerobic, uh, under the authority of God, and you say, okay, God, I've done things my way, and now I'm, I'm yielding myself under your authority for you to work your glory out in my life and watch God fix things. Deep-rooted spiritual issues. Things you struggled with. And you begin to bring it under the authority of God. And you're saying, I, everything I've tried doesn't work. And I'm bringing, this, I'm bringing this under the authority of Christ, that He is the Lord of my life in this area. I'm not going to turn to my own understanding. I'm going to acknowledge Christ. I'm going to acknowledge the Lord. And you bring it to Him. What you will find is He will exalt you in due time. So let me ask you, this is the last one. The remedy for a rebellious heart is one step toward God. That's it. And it could be the fix that you're in that you're wanting to say, I, I just need, I, I need, I need direction, I need guidance, I need, I, need, I need some help in the fix that I'm in right now. Or it could be that it's like, yeah, God's been dealing with me about this certain thing in my life. It may be a sin that you're holding on to. It could be anything. Any, it could be an area that you're saying God, that God's calling you to and you're saying absolutely not right now. It'll be at a later date. It'll be at a later time in my life. It, it, but but it's the Holy Spirit just kind of keeps pinpointing. You don't know what. I don't know what those are, but you do. You know that. What could, what could it be? What could your life be? Let me just ask you, what could your life be with one step toward God? Just one. Just one step that says, Lord, you know, I'm thankful, man. I am so thankful that, that, that the times that, that I, I stepped away and I said no to God, God was kind of like consistent in coming back to me. You know, he just doesn't throw us off. Lord, I'm, 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 I'm reluctant. 
He knows that. Lord, help my reluctancy to trust you with, and it could be your salvation, with the assurance of your salvation, with the reality that you know what's best for my children, or the reality of you know what's best for my family, the reality of whatever it is, yield it to him. Let's bow our heads for just a minute. Now, I, I, believe, I believe the Lord speaks to hearts through His Word. I just do. I just do. I want to pray for you this morning. Some of you may have some big decisions ahead of you. Sometimes it's very confusing to say, God, what should I do? What should I do? But you can't go wrong giving it to God. He'll lead you. For some of you that are trusting your own self, I mean, you know, I've been talking about, uh, you know, these areas, of, it could be areas of temptation for you. Some of it may be your friends. That, that are not influencing you for the best. And you're going to find yourself down their road. Some of you, it could be a calling. What would one step to God look like? It would kind of look like this. It would look like a Sunday morning sitting in church and saying, okay, God, you know I've been holding out of you in this area of my life and I'm going to give it to you today. Your heart, your heart beats a little faster, but you know that, that it's an area that God's working in your heart with. I want to challenge you. This altar's open. We're going to pray in just a minute. But what if you slipped up out of your seat and said, Okay, God, I'm bringing it to you today. I'm bringing it to you today, this morning. I'm trusting you with it today. I'm leaning in on you today for my strength. I'm leaning in to your mercy and your grace the power of your forgiveness. What if you leaned into God? Father, I pray that you'd help us to do with this message as the Holy Spirit leads us. In the name of Christ, stand to your feet. Every head still bowed, every eye closed. Wonderful name it is, the name of Christ. Is there anything you need to bring to God? Bring it. Now. Come. Come to Him. If it's forgiveness of sin, He will forgive you. If it's for power and grace in your life, decisions, bring them to Him. Pray. Lean. Step. Father, Thank you that Jesus not only has the answers, but he is the answer.
all of our lives. And I pray that you'd help us in this day to simply lean into you in every way for Jesus' sake. And together we say, Amen. Together we say, Amen. Amen. Together we say, Amen. Amen.